Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What's the saying that you like to say about, you know, looking into the soul of a redfish? Oh, like, you know, like when the one's eating a gurgler, you can just see them like when they're coming up 10 feet away from the boat. You can like look down their soul. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Skiff Wander podcast. Uh, we're up here in North Florida. I got my buddy Alex Blackwell with me. You guys have definitely seen him on the podcast. I think, Alex, you're the first uh, recurring guest. I happen to just be with you quite a lot of times. Yeah. I'm, I'm just around you. Alex fixes all my <laughs> camera mistakes. I, I'm, I'm also your tech guy and also your fishing buddy. It's a yep. win-win. It's a win-win for both He's of kind us. of mine on the same level. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then our, our special guest today is Trey Michael. Yes, sir. Nice and, to meet uh, you guys. Yeah. Wait, do you have a clapping oh, a sound effect? I was I like, yes. That's it. That's, 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 that's it. it. There we go. I was trying to We do also it. are joined by about 50 to 100 people here in Trey's uh, <laughs> workshop, which just in case you're listening to this and you're not watching it, which you should be watching it because we're in probably, I think it's one of the coolest little workshops I've seen. Um He's got his fly rods on the wall. He's got all his tools. He's got all his fly tying stuff. He's ready to go in here. There's not even a little mini fridge in the corner full of ice cold. You gotta have the mini fridge. Refreshing Coors Light. I I screwed up. I did not even grab a beer. What what is my problem? All right. Well, we're off to a great start today. (laughs) Typical Alex. Not drinking his beer. So, we. this is kind of part of Alex. Alex had invited me over to Florida, and originally we were supposed to come hang out with Trey, and we saw the weather. Alex called Trey, and Trey was like, don't even. No, man. Um, There wasn't no use. And no. Once I front kind of run through, and it came through. It was the coldest it's been in a long time. Yeah. Um, You know, luckily this morning it was glass. Oh, man, but, this morning. You know, we're, the fish were cold, as to be expected. Yeah. 
but we were gonna we were gonna be fishing with you when it was blowing what 17 yeah 20? yeah so i mean d- days like that are doable but i didn't want to have you guys especially with peach yeah. on all no. the way you know <laughs> No, so 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 we yeah we went we went down south for a little bit and then uh, we were we were getting ready we were packing up we hit Trey up he's like we actually weren't supposed to fish till tomorrow that's right and then we all looked at the weather and we all came to the same conclusion of no show up yeah Saturday night we got to fish Sunday and then actually we were gonna do this podcast this morning and we all woke up and we said. No, no. Meant. we can wait we can do it in the dark <laughs> yeah. we can podcast in the dark <laughs> yeah for sure so so um we we were driving up here and and this is i've um visited different parts of florida i've mm-hmm. grown up basically kind of as florida as a playground um i actually some quick capel family history if i had been born in florida i would have been a sixth generation floridian gotcha Think, thanks dad um and uh never made it to this part and my first thought driving in as we were coming coming in i was just like this this is the florida that like growing up hearing stories about you know a family that's grown up in florida this is the what you envision and it's just spectacular you you grew up here right yeah um i grew up about 20 minutes up the road a little town called wilson mm-hmm. got three red lights um <laughs> We hit all. It's small, so it's the second biggest town in my county. Yeah, yeah. So um, pretty close to the coast. Grew up bass fishing my entire life. Um, my family had a river house on what the locals call Blue Run in the next town down called Dunellen, which is a big spring run, and um, it's later known as Rainbow River, or Rainbow Springs, mm-hmm. um, since the tourist stuff's picked up in the last 40, 50 years. But anyway, um, grew up down there fishing, sight fishing before we even knew the we were sight fishing yeah you know we we sight fished every fish that we saw never sunglasses never anything um didn't do a whole lot of saltwater fishing until I was 13 14 years old we started going out and it was still the staple fishing around here as far as saltwater is cut mullet shrimp on the bottom yeah or popping corks or stuff like that and um uh, i just remember we were watching a me and a friend were watching a blair wiggins TV show and he caught redfish on top of water and we went to Walmart and bought every skitter walk we had. <laughs> and um, we came out and, we, and the first day we had we couldn't get very far you know I remember we had a I don't know how to describe the boat but it's like an aluminum you know pretty much and yeah. we had a four horse Yamaha it would push it seven miles an hour and it would take two hours to get to the mouth and then we would get to the mouth of the river and we couldn't go very far so we started finding places that were closer to the salt you know a little bit north of here and where we could get straight to fishing and um Actually, the the beer fridge right here won in the first tournament that we ever got <laughs> nice. in. It was the first place prize in that boat. Yeah, in that boat. Yeah, with the four horse shot. That's on. awesome. But um, you know, it's a uh, it's been easy to develop because there hasn't been a whole lot of traffic. Yeah, you know, and that's mm-hmm. the key. Um, I go a lot of places now to get away from the traffic. It's on its way. Oh yeah, like everywhere mm-hmm. else. But um, I'm pretty confident this is some of the last of it. Not that I've seen it all. Yeah, you know the whole state. But from what I hear, I mean. The world social media tells on itself. Yeah. Know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, shoot, I I got connected with you, Trey, via a good friend of mine, Kieran Hoffman, and you know he was saying to me, "Oh, I've got this guy. You know, he's he's in northern Florida and he's on some really really good red fishing. He says it's stupid, and I'm thinking to myself." I've been to Louisiana. I've been to Texas. It's probably all right. It's probably not great, yeah. but shoot, let's let's go give it a try. And you know, immediately, 
I think I just fell in love with this place. Yeah, well, and you guys came like the day after a tropical storm. Yeah, it was so flooded. Was so I, think, I think both the docks were underwater. Yeah, when we, when we put in. It was and unreal. That was low water. Yeah, and we, we were flood tide fishing in, in the woods. Yeah, yeah, in the, in the woods. woods. Yeah. It, it shouldn't be like that. So, I mean, I got a chance to kind of see it, but not really see it. And I've been consistently coming back. And as soon as Pete was like, hey, I'd love to come over to Florida and see you. You became the first person I was like, okay, oh we got to go see him. We got to go um, see Trey. So it uh, worked out that you guys landed when it happened. Because if we were stuck with our original days, it would have been an interesting story. It would have um, been interesting. It would have been just like Pete was back on that Antarctic ship. <laughs> back. <laughs> I mean, that's Alex, the, Alex has already seen the Sabine underwater once. He doesn't yes. need to see it again. Yeah, no. But that's, you know, one of the benefits I think that you have, Pete, and then also myself, and then. I mean, sometimes you, Trey, it's flexibility with fishing. You know, fishing is one of those sports where you need a lot of variables to go your way. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Especially right. traveling. Yep. Yeah. And traveling for Pete, you know, coming 1,600 miles across, you know, the Gulf Coast to come to a state that's known for good fishing, but in a weather period and time frame that is not super ideal. So, you know, we've made the, we've made the most of it. Oh, definitely. And, you know, that trip down south was good, not great. But I do want to say something. Pete did catch a couple of firsts down south. Oh, yeah. We uh, we managed to put first tarpon, first snook, and the first jack. And uh, they were all, you know, fish. The, qu- <laughs> the, qu- the quest for the 12-inch the fish yeah, is if so you real. Guys, if you guys haven't, you guys should definitely check out um, that full episode of Alex and I bebopping around down there. But um, we had to send it up here. We had to go see Trey. And so far, so good. Oh, my goodness. Dude, yeah, this area, like, I think we were talking a little bit. I mean, it's literally like Texas meets South Florida meets low country of South Carolina with the fish from Louisiana. They're pretty forgiving. (laughs) Yeah. I will say that was that was something we fished a little bit today. That was something that I noticed was like, oh, that fish is. Oh, he's he's no. okay, he's still there. Oh, that's the fourth time that he's been hit in the head. All right. (laughs) Now he's going to eat the fly. I mean, they uh, they can act really, really good some days and some days you got to wait them out. But, you know, you keep fishing, you'll see them act stupid. Yeah. You know, what's what's the one thing that you've learned about this fishery? over the course of however long you've been sight casting these fish, you know, what was the one thing that like stuck out to you where you were like, this makes sense. And more so I can dial fish in to some degree with just this little bit of knowledge. Wind direction. Um, and that's a good question, but wind direction to me, you know, on a fly fishing aspect, especially, but just sight fishing in general, whether it be spin or fly, your percentage of catching the fish or getting the shots goes up if you can see better. Yeah. You know, I mean, some anglers are better than others, and I got some really great guys that can see and we push dead end debris sometimes, <laughs> you know, and look for them, and, and they get it done. But on on average, you know, you don't get those guys all the time. So you got to set up the best, you know, the best scenario possible to make it all work. You know, so mm-hmm. lee side banks, um, you know, then you add another variable of tide into it. And then you add the light, what the light's doing. Um, you know, if you fish a mangrove shoreline, you can get away with a little less light because you've got backdrop coming off. You know, if you're in a marsh scenario and the sun goes away, then you're relying on surface movement or just perfect angles, you know, and it, lots and lots of variables. I mean, my head is just spinning when I hit the mouth of the river every morning. You know, I don't know which way to go, you know. Um, 
that's the fun of it to me. That's what yeah. I like about it. You know, mm-hmm. I like that it changes every day. I like change, you know, changing with it and changing with the seasons and chasing them. And watching. I like being consistent with it. Yeah. You know, I like catching them almost every time we go. If we didn't catch them, I'd try not to let it be my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Trey definitely takes uh, not catching fish to heart. Yeah, on his shoulders I, I pretty hard. I don't like getting skunked. With I've, I've been skunked with Trey a couple times, and guess what? It was my fault. I can guarantee you that. Well, I mean, we, we could put that either way. We can put that either way. But regardless, you know, the zone it brings you back more and more and more. And I think, Pete, you got an experience today that, you know, I, th- I think you deserve to go ahead and talk about a little bit. Oh, yeah. So we uh, we got uh, – Let's see. We were we were rolling around. We tried a few spots. Didn't 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 see what we wanted to see. Fish weren't really there, which we knew we knew going into today was going to be tough. We just had a cold front come through. We woke up this morning. It was twenty five degrees, and yep. we we were all like, "No, we're just going to keep sleeping." And then we immediately we got up like an hour later than we were going to, and it was what it was already in the forties. Yeah, it uh, it warmed up. Pretty quick. Pretty quick. Pretty quick. Uh, it never did get warm. I'm not going to say no. that much for it, but it did warm up drastically from 25 degrees. No, but so. we 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 rolled out. We rolled out a little sooner than we had planned because we saw the weather was was turning in our favor. Tried a couple spots and just weren't seeing what what we needed to see. And finally rolled up. And uh, man, I'll be honest. I didn't see that first fish until until like you you were you were like he's on the back he's on the back he's on the back and i'm looking i'm looking and i'm thinking like the back like the far side and not not like where he was <laughs> i'm like i don't see what he's talking about and then and then it finally like keyed in on where he was at which is something i and i actually want your opinion on this so like a lot of times when i'm fishing with a guy and i got the guy in the back who spots the fish i'll start getting a cast out and i've worked with enough guys or fished with enough guys that once I see them starting to get that cast out, I can direct that cast in, which you kind of did to me. So and I don't know if that's something, uh, is that something you like or. All right. So in my opinion, you only get so many false casts before shot blows. Right, I don't care right. where you're at. If you're in Louisiana, it doesn't matter. I mean, you're only going to get so many false casts and that timer's beeping, you right, know, it's getting right. tighter and um, it's going to go off. So with that being said, if I can get you to point your rod yeah. and find him with your eyes and then you see him and then you take the least amount of false cast to shoot that line, mm-hmm. the percentage is drastically higher. You know, because if you're sitting there just false casting, false casting, yeah. man, he's going to see something eventually. Something's right, going to go wrong. Right, right. Or, or you're going to change in your cast, you know, yeah. and, and you're going to create bad habits like that. I mean, I just... Like I like to hang on to it until we got shot. So you got shot. Dialing the rod in when we first get there, you know that's that's a different deal. But but once once we start, no, once it's a real fish. deal, I like to hang on to it, and I like to. I mean, it's always best for the guy up front to see the fish. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's definitely times where I'm like just laid on the end of that stick, laid yeah, on the end of that yeah. stick because I know that it's about to be over, and be. then we catch him like that. You know, I talk mm-hmm. him through it, but better to see him. Yeah, it's a better experience all around. Oh, for know? sure. Oh, for sure. Once you see him. Yeah. And when I did see when I did see that fish, my goodness was that thing just lit up it was like how did you not see that i mean i'm just like how did you not see that (laughs) i tell people a lot um they look like sometimes in the water to me they look like a barney purple color yeah like when they're going away like and you just pick it up out of your periphery after a while you know i break my neck sometimes just seeing one um 
that one there was glowing pretty good there. <laughs> you know what? You know what I have noticed from, especially from this trip, and having been able to luckily redfish in a few different spots around the southeast, is you know you get like like I fish Texas a lot, mm-hmm. and you get used to seeing those redfish in Texas. And one thing I've learned is what you're used to seeing in in an area is not what you're going to see. So, you know, like how I will pick out a fish in Texas doesn't it it helps. But, you know, they look, they still look a little bit different everywhere you go. Yeah, that's true. Um, these on average, and I tell people this and they think I'm crazy, but guys who fish a bunch of redfish, they see them. When they're not eating, they'll be a real light pink color, mm. almost a gray look. Yeah. And they'll have their fins all tucked in and they'll look almost sick. And you'll spook them, you know, you won't see them in time. Yeah. Um, or if you do see them, they'll just spook at your cast. And, uh, when the tide gets right or whatever the light switch flips that makes them turn into that zone where they're eating, they light up fire truck red and they kick those side fins out. That's how I see them a lot is, yeah. their, is their side fin. Um, the whole body of the fish changes. It's almost like if you caught one really bright red and put it in your live well and rode around with it all day and look at it, it'll turn that pink color to stress. Color, yeah. you know? um, so when you see that, like that kind of distinguishes to me whether they're on or not. Yeah, that's, you know, a good, and that's, that's a good that's a good little tip right there. Yeah, I mean, so if you're seeing them pink, if you're seeing them like that and they're not biting, that's okay. You're not, you're not on them right there. But if you'll just wait, you know, or come back in a little while, like you trial and error spot, they're a fish that does the same thing pretty much on like a basis of they do what they do in the spring, they do what yep. they do in the winter, you know, like on and on. So if they're on one spot, they go there again. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it may be a time where they're on there more than others, and that's when you add all the rest of the variables in of the tide and the lee bank. And, you know, that's can, something that we were even joking about uh, on the boat. I looked at Trey at one point and said, You got some fish stocked around here, don't you? Because <laughs> it is. I mean, there's, if I took you in Texas, I could show you some places where I know there's going to be redfish. I know that you've got fish here that you know this is where they're going to be because that's where they like to hang out. Yep. And, um, and, and we, were, we, we were headed to. A place today where they should have been stocked up, but air, <laughs> we got <laughs> air boaters, man. Oh man, air if there's one thing I've learned about Trey in my time fishing with him, he has a love for air boaters. <laughs> False. No, he absolutely hates them with a burning passion. Oh my! Goodness. I don't. Um, let me go ahead and clarify that. Um, I don't hate air boaters. I don't hate um air boats. I grew up in one that was one in my yard my entire life. Um, I just on what I do now and kind of the borderline ignorance of the people who have airboats. And when they see me on a shoreline and I'm polling. 75 feet off the bank, polling with a guy with a fly rod on the front, standing on the platform, and it's wide open all the way to Cancun, Mexico behind me across the Gulf, and then they split me in the bank. I mean, I just sometimes don't understand the logic in that because yeah. I do everything I can to not see people. You no, know. I, so I, I saw you turn red today with that <laughs> no, air motor that yeah, ran so, by us. So the story <laughs> today that was, was that was like twenty feet away. Yeah. So the story today was like we we were coming up a creek. We ran into an air motor. We slowed down. We realized that they were picking up and getting ready to move. We, yep. we didn't. It's not like they were in the middle. They had lines out. We ran them over. We we realized they were. Moving. We waved. They waved. Yep. So we came on past them. We start. We keep working up this creek, and we turn around and they fired up. And came right past us and cut us off and just kept went right back to where we were going. They put a wake on us. Yeah, they, they, almost, good they, wake. they almost sent a roller. Over this <laughs> I was I was grabbing cameras and Man, ready um, for it. And that kind of stuff is stuff that happens and it gives all those guys a bad name. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I know a lot of guys have airboats that when they see me, they go way around me and they do whatever they yeah. can to do to make it right. Um, as far as how the fish act, 
I've watched them tailing like, you know, 50, 75 fish at a time, tailing on a flat, you know, scattered out, not all on one ball, but scattered out. And when airboat's 500 yards running away, a big negative tide, they don't spook, but they just squat they down. down. They yeah. just squat down. And then you got to give it 10 minutes and they get back right. With that being said, I got videos that argue the same point because you can hear airboats in the background running and then there's a fish <laughs> smashing a gurgler, you know. Um, so, but there's definitely days that are more fired up and they don't, you know, they don't give a shit no more. Yeah. But I think that that's the case with airboats is they don't help my, yeah, my situation on the site fishing. All right, so we got on a we got a little bit of a tangent right there. We uh, so anyways, we I saw this fish and man, he would just he. I fully expected when he started moving. So what I'm used to is you see a fish start moving, he realizes the boat's kind of there, and that's it. He's gone. That's the end of the day, and he just slept, kept just slow moving, and you know. You were like hit him, hit him, hit him. Got it in front of him. Slowly moved it in front of him. And I didn't. Did any? Did either one of you guys see him even open his mouth? I never did. I didn't and, get a chance. And we had that fly that was sinking down pretty yeah. good. So I think he just, you know, he, he just, just slurped. Sipped, it. He just sipped it and yeah. he got tight. But yeah, I just was I saw stripping. some other ones today though <laughs> that were a uh, little different. More case aggressive. The, yeah. yeah. Well, what's the saying that you like to say about you know looking into the soul of a redfish? Oh, like you know, and like when the ones eating a gurgler, you can just see them like when they're coming up ten oh, feet away from the boat, goodness. you can like look down their soul. I like to say, like, <laughs> they open up. Yeah. So we were uh, just just like Alex promised beautiful was that 28 inch is that yeah. what you guys figured yeah, yeah. About 28 yeah. 28 inch healthy looking redfish man that was and he and i told you they got longer yeah you hands on them, yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> well you sit on those oysters he looked big and then he was like oh maybe it's not that big but yeah as soon as we pulled him as soon as i saw that paddle tail come out yep i saw this i was like oh my goodness that's a big fish yep and then uh yeah put him in the boat which alex you you weren't lying, man. That was exactly what you said we were going to run into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, redfish. You know, this is the spot. You yeah, know, yeah. this is, the, and I think that in my experience in Florida, this is probably one of the best red fisheries right now. It's also, with that being said, one of the hardest to fish because it takes a mind to go in there and destroy the bottom of a boat. You know, and we're in Pete's Sabine today, and that's not the end of the world, you know, bumps up in that, but I just destroy both the bottom, both my skiffs, you know, daily. Um, and you have to do that to get to these fish in, mm-hmm. in the right scenario. I mean, the whole bottom out there is limestone, you know, yeah. um, there's places that are soft, you know, definitely that you could have easier days. Um, that don't mean the fish are always on them. Mm-hmm. So, but they're a fish that are a structure fish primarily that and the snook, if they're not on oysters, they're on rock. Sometimes they're on both. And vice versa, back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, what I ran across a lot in years, you know, because I've been guiding now for almost eight years. In the beginning, I used to run by a lot of mud, never fished mud. And now I fish a lot of mud. Um, and I'm not going to go into what makes mud good and what doesn't. <laughs> but um, anyway, ran by a lot, a lot of water, miles of coastline that I fish now that everybody else still runs right by. Mm-hmm. Um, the fish are just stupid on them because they don't see nobody, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and they're very consistent. When I say that, you know, this is one of the better red fisheries, I would say in the state, if not the Gulf Coast, I don't mean a DIY red fishery. No, no, no. And you see how many miles, I mean, even me, I, I love to go hunt them. I love that they're not every time right there where they're supposed to be, you know. Um, so we covered a lot of ground today. 
we saw a lot, but we covered a lot of ground. And as like I said, they were going to be in places. It's like they are where they are. And yeah. that's it. You know, they're not everywhere, but they are where they are. I could see Pete and I coming on down here by ourselves, trying to figure out this red fishery and coming back with the same mentality as when if we, we came out. The, if we didn't sink the, the boat. Yeah. yeah, if we didn't sink the boat. But we'd come out of, uh, we'd come out of it with probably the same thought processes when we went down to the south of Florida. We'd yeah. go ahead and be like, that was so tough. That was incredibly tough. And probably be really disappointed. But because of your experience because of your knowledge and honestly you're one of the only people that does it the way that you do yeah your presence on the boat absolutely just it gives us the opportunity to actually get on fish and i don't think a lot yeah, of people man, do and, it. um i say this all the time to people on the boat nobody on this boat wants you to catch the fish more than i want you yeah, to catch the that fish is a fact. like for a fact um i mean it doesn't even do me all that great to be up front like, I mean, I know I can do it, but yeah. I want to watch you do it. You know, anybody that comes fishing me, I just rather stay on the back. I'm like, catch another one, catch another one, get one bigger. You know, um, of course, I did take you guys up on trade off today, which that paid off. Yeah, it yeah. absolutely paid off. You're yeah. a sniper expert, on the freaking bow. Expert so, guiding. Expert guiding for Peter. Peter. <laughs> Peter. Pete pulled like 10 minutes. Hey, that was that's, it. That's all it takes for me to if you put me on the on the back. I'm going to get you on oh, fish. It was, quick. it was almost kind of like I waited until it got good. <laughs> almost. Yeah, you're like, "Oh, look at all these fish. Let me uh let me get on in there and cast in there." How long how long have you been guiding down here? Um, I got my license when I was 22. Mm-hmm. And um 29, I'll be 30 this year. Yeah. So, uh I went did it full time from about six months in. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say that, I didn't run as many trips as it takes me now to make a living. Um, right now, I'm fishing, as far as paid money trips, I'm fishing around like right between 180 to 200 a year, depending on that. But I also, I got one of the highest rates around, and I only take one person at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, t- two, honestly, like exceptions, you know. Yes. I don't even want to, no, we didn't, we, no, I know, one person, one person, <laughs> one person. One person. We're taking that away. Yeah. But, um, I've done the two person trips and it is it's not doable. It's, it's doable. It's doable, but it needs to be two like-minded guys. There doesn't need to be an angler in the boat that's better than the other. Mm. You know, there needs to be two that are pretty good guys because what it always ends up being is there being the guy who wants his buddy to get one more and then we end up wasting away all the good shots. And, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. as a guide in, in today's world, you know, I get a lot of my bookings off social media, you know, it's, mm. it's a free tool to me. Yeah. So if I don't have anything to post, no content and we've done blue 25 shots because you're trying to learn how to, how to cast, you know, that, that, that kind of sucks on my end. You know what I mean? That's mm. why I want to catch them. You know, yeah. like it hurts. Yeah, it definitely it, hurts. It burns. It, it burns worse than a losing one. Mm. Honestly. When you started out, did you start out fly fishing? No, no, no. Um, but I did start out solely artificial. Yeah. I bet I've ran maybe five or six total trips ever that we used bait, and that was yeah. in the first year. <laughs> and it was with like some kids that I had taken and stuff like that. Um, but in the beginning, never any, never any fly fishing. Although I started about my second year, getting some friends who fly fish that were pretty good, and um, you know you get good around good people. Yeah, pretty quick. Oh, for sure. And uh, it got to where the sight fishing evolved because I was just starting to find them better, you know? Like, mm-hmm. But did a lot of fishing with spoons in the beginning because I didn't have the clientele that I have now. Mm-hmm. So it was spoons here. I mean, I know that sounds pretty simple, but you can just throw them and reel them. And if you're on the shoreline, you're going to catch them. Yeah. And then we moved up and we started 
you know, throwing topwater plugs with certain clients and the topwater fishing. I remember being on, I don't even know what cell phone it was, but you're talking about <laughs> this far back, you know, it wasn't very good quality when you uploaded it to Facebook, but nobody here had ever hardly seen that. I'm not saying I'm the first to ever do it here by any means, but nobody had ever seen that on a guiding aspect, you know, solely artificials, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and catching them that way. Well, then the sight fishing became all I wanted to do because I just awesome. loved seeing them, yeah, you know, I just, I just loved seeing them and feeding them and, and beating them at their own game. And then, and I still say this to people too, but you know, with a bait caster or spinner rod, I feel like fish is in front of me and I'm on the bow. He's at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. I've just caught so many now at this point that I just know how to feed them. But with a fly, Murphy's law goes hand in hand with fly fishing <laughs> more than it does anything else. <laughs> and time. I just, I just love that it's, it's hard. And I've, uh, I fish with some great fly fishermen. One of them told me that about the time that you think you're good fly fishing, you ain't shit. Yeah, you know, and that's just the best way that I know to put it to anybody. Um, I still have days you get out there and you're like, just like a rubber hook, seven mm-hmm. or eight in a row, oh. you know, and then you have days where you never lose any yep. and, or you land every shot perfect. Um, it'll humble you, but it's an art and it just feels so beautiful is the only word I can put for it when everything goes together right, you know, between the double haul and the cast and everything and watching it from the back is even more satisfying. Yep. Mm. My homework coming into play and pulling through in the end is the best. Yeah. No, I definitely like when I take guys out down and down around Texas, it's, you know, I have no problem staying on the back all day. Cause it's definitely, you know, you're driving to the boat ramp, your formula. Well, for you, you're, you know, um, tripping yeah. to the boat ramp. <laughs> you're formulating a BB game gun range. <laughs> <laughs> You're formulating this game plan, and then you get on the water, and the first thing that goes through your mind is, all right, I have a game plan. Now I can see what the conditions are, because, you know, the weatherman likes to be wrong. He's wrong so much. So much. So and then, much. And then, yeah, you get out there, you see the conditions, you make whatever changes you need to do, and and then, you you know, you make those adjustments, you get to the spot, and then you just see. You just see, and uh, once you fish an area enough and you've been there for the good days and you've been there for the bad days enough times, you know when you got to go. Um, yep. You know, and yeah. sometimes you know that you got to stay because it's the only place that the wind's letting you fish that day. Mm-hmm. So you stay there and you grind it out in the hopes for, you know, I like to put it, there's days that you go for quantity and quality, and there's days you go for quality. Mm. One, you know, one good one because you only can fish a certain section of shoreline. It's not that you couldn't go somewhere else. Crossing the bad water down here is bad, yeah. bad, bad. Danger. In, in a little skiff. Like, it, yeah. it's pretty bad enough. There's nowhere to hide. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we we are, like, we're blessed. Like, we can, like, if it gets bad, I can normally hide somewhere on the way home. But, like, that run, you're wide open. You're basically the next stop from where we were, where we were running is Texas, pretty much. <laughs> if, yeah. if you were to turn if we taking a left turn the next stop's texas yeah dude i mean pretty much straight across yeah. yeah so you're getting the full blow of the gulf of mexico coming at you and as it, like, soon as it kicks kind of up. the way that my house sits right here on the river um the way the river mouth sits more or less uh it sits in a in like a corner of a 90 yeah you know so you know you get the water pushing out from the river on top of an already outgoing tide and then you get west wind on top of it so it really builds up some big rollers out there uh, yeah. not that it's bad for every boat but small skiff small skiff. what i take you know yeah. it's yeah. it's serious yeah. and then you go the next day and it's just as glass slick and you can't yeah. tell the horizon from the surface you know <laughs> yeah how no. was this morning that was beautiful this yeah. morning yeah, yeah, that was the Lake Omexico. mexico yeah. yeah yeah we could have made it to texas yeah we well this morning 
Possibly. We ran out of gas. We would have run out of gas very quickly. No, so we uh, – so we'll get a little bit back into the day, uh, how the day went today. So we got that first fish in the boat, and we kept uh, Alex got up on the bow and was and immediately started <laughs> saying how he's going to make quick work of it so Trey could get up there. I tried. How'd it go? I tried. I tried my damnedest. All right, you know what? As much as I like to profess that I'm pretty damn good at fly fishing, I'm really not. I sit behind a desk and I edit a lot of videos. <laughs> and I answer a lot of emails and work on spreadsheets now, more so than I ever have before. So when I do get out here, I try and at least bring a little confidence. But man, I was, uh, you know, there were opportunities where I could have made that fish eat. I think that there were a few fish that they could have eaten. There were a couple other ones, though. And Trey, you can have probably attest to this. They were kind of acting like assholes. Oh, they were absolutely assholes. Uh, there was, I mean, one you casted at 15 times. Yeah. Like I said, oh th- those fish just know you're there. Just because they haven't spooked, they just know you're there. And they're not going to do it because they don't, really don't know what you are. Mm. You know? Yeah. They haven't been run over before or anything, it's but they just don't, don't really know what's going on. But they know... You know, and that, and it was cold as hell this morning, so they probably yeah. didn't want to do much, you know, <laughs> no. hauling ass anyway. No, but yeah, um, yeah, it was it was it was a good opportunity on a couple of fish, um, but it took a while. It took a while. We ran into the airboater. You know, we were coming yeah. back into some creeks and had some really really tight shots. You know, I'm talking about fish in three feet of water. That's a little bit murky, and you can yeah, only see them six feet you, away from the boat. You can just see a little, a little glimpse of color or a little bit of a tail, not coming out of the surface tail, but you know, oh. just a glimpse of a tail. Sometimes, um, like you had a couple that, and it's like I told you before, a foot off is a mile off. Mm. You know, when you're in dark water, and these fish, well, with it being so cold, they're not going to exert a whole lot of energy. No. They're not going to. You have to make it their idea, but you can't. You know have it three feet out in front of them when they're laid up they have to be either traveling if you're going to lead them by that much or you have to put it in a shoe yeah. you know it has to be in that six inch to 12 inch range you know and you cross them like that and if they don't spook on the shot when you land it across them nine times out of ten they're gonna eat your fly what happens after that's up to whoever's up front you yes, know that is a fact but after seeing a couple and making some shots we came into this kind of dual cove system off of a creek there were two little coves the first one trey you saw a fish that yeah. was, it was, giant. It was it, giant it was a giant it was i didn't see that fish i saw his fin yeah, yeah. i I'm, I'm i immediately saw the smaller fish and started trying to work that yeah. and you were like dude no go after the huge one <laughs> like go catch the big one for me all right yeah the one that was crossing like 20 inches the other one was 20 inches longer yeah <laughs> yeah no he wasn't a 40 inch but he was it was a a 30 plus those ones we we're looking for yeah exactly and so i kind of got in that mindset of uh i just kind of like had a brain fart you know <laughs> you i mean could, you, could you, you hadn't caught one yet at the point so it was it was just to get one caught yeah, yeah. and so unfortunately choosing one over the other kind of you know brought some dilemmas and they kind of you know moved their way on out and it was like oh, there was another opportunity gone but as we worked around towards that next little pocket, lo and behold, there's one sitting there. And you're like, dude, left, right there, look. And I'm like, oh, okay, so that's a redfish. Yep. Finally made that cast. And he ate it. Like, and he charged it. If I remember right, when you landed there, he spooked at first, and then he ran back to where he spooked from ate the fly and you couldn't get tight because you were nope. about to pick up for a cast so then so he already ate one time that's one eat and then he's going away another 15 feet you laid another shot out that he ate 
twice on, and then yep. you finally hooked him on the third one. Yeah, so. pretty much. He was like, honestly, that was that was like a little chihuahua. Yeah, uh, he, wanted he, he just wanted it. He wanted it. He wanted <laughs> it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, one of those situations where I'm looking down in the water, it's pretty darn clear, and I watched his soul. No, I'm really hoping the GoPro shows that that soul shot. Oh, it's it's good. It's good. It's not it's not, you know, a plus plus. It's a GoPro shot. Let's be honest. But right on, right on. but it's it, it's definitely showing some soul from that redfish. But yeah, you know, what would you call that trade? Probably like 23, 24. Yeah, I think it was 24. Um, yeah, good fish. It's just like that's that's average. You know, I'm not saying yeah. that they're always all big, but I try to go after the big ones. We saw the ones we were looking for today. Mm. Got one of them caught. I, I think the one I got, I, I call him a big one too. Yeah, yeah. You the know, one they got off. off. No, the first one. <laughs> no, not that <laughs> one. Not that one. The second one. That one was huge. What are you talking about? Yeah, that was that, all forty-five. That, that one getting off is my saving grace. <laughs> but yeah, no, I got my little fish, and honestly, we Pete and I went ahead and said, "Trey, you're up on the bow. Like now, come on." And you're like, "All right, fine, I guess." Cause it, I mean, like, and and honestly, like, I always, I was always hoping to. It's the same thing, like you were just talking mm. about earlier. Like, you enjoy being on the back yeah. watching somebody. Else. I'm, I'm the same way. I was like, man, I'm not gonna sit here and make this guy pull me around all day. He better get up there and catch one, cause. You know, I I enjoy like especially like guides like mm-hmm. watching guides catch because you know like I know you guys are out here. What do you say? Almost two hundred days a year. Yeah, I mean, so I, and I don't mean to get off subject on that, but. um that's how many days I'm guiding, but I write a little star down on my calendar every day that I fish. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. whether or not, definitely fishing, pushing 300. You know, that's just how many trips I ran was closer to 200, but yeah. I fished the rest of them. Yeah. yeah. You, you you have to to be consistent. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you take a week off and... You have... I, I took a week off unwillingly this past week. <laughs> you know, I got to run one on Monday, and then it's been blowing 25 plus every day since. So what can you do? You yeah. Know? But yeah, we, we were, you know... I came into this like trace fishing just as much as the rest of us just yeah. getting up there and you got out there and then you outfished both of us. Hey, hey you Dude. said as much as the rest of us. That's just Ooh, how I, it landed. I don't know if I'm fishing 300 days a year. <laughs> That's just how it landed, man. That's just how it landed. You are an absolute sniper. And I think that you don't give yourself enough credit for like being really dialed because you have I, eagle eyes. I don't think that I've done it long enough to give myself any credit for it um mm. i've gotten this far being humble uh i don't i like to put a number on anything i put conservative i just like to be i like to be humble about everything i mean anybody who talks good about themselves they never hardly ever back it up <laughs> you know i mean you think about it yeah um yep but i like to think that i can put a fly where i want to i feel confident mm. when i'm up on the bow but at the same time um i don't get a much chance to get up there so when i do i guess i do all right you but make I, don't most... get, I, I don't get any practice you know so yeah. i just i mean i haven't <laughs> got up, i haven't got up there today was first time in a month maybe yeah and man i haven't even casted a fly rod you know in i've watched a lot yeah, you've watched a lot of <laughs> i've watched a lot of casting but but man you're throwing dimes you're throwing lasers you know as much as you're on the back right i i, I can personally say like i respect you as an angler because you fish those fish super well oh yeah you have to fish them with a sense of urgency um sometimes you get a good look at one from a long ways mm. and you get a t- chance to set up but you guys have seen like it has to be right now you yep. know there can't yep. be like oh my god there's one in front of the boat no like right now you know go you know put a shot down i'd rather someone spook a fish by trying than the boat spook them mm. yeah yeah because if the boat spooks them 
then we just wasted it away. You yeah. know, it's gone. I mean, you could learn from every mistake, but you can't learn by, I've never seen a redfish get in the boat while, while fishing that wasn't, you know, hooked. I've yeah. never seen one jump in the boat. I've seen them, I've seen, <laughs> them in a ca- I've seen them in a cast net, but I've never seen them just one get in the boat. So tries are free, cast are free. You Make know? it happen. Try, learn from it, you know? Yeah. What did you see with those fish? Because immediately I'm like, how is he seeing these fish and like, like on them? Because were you seeing his fish before you started casting at him? No. All right. So when you look at something over and over and over again throughout the day, you know, days and days and days in a row, you know, and you want to see them. Well, first off, I kind of, I, I got lazy eye surgery. Yeah, so, you did. Yeah. You got so, lazy. Uh, I got, I got some, I got some like, like better shit than you could be born you with. Be like, you know? yeah, I need to see red But fish anyway, I was seeing this. them pretty damn good before that. But, um, <laughs> sure. Yeah. But, um, it's like with anything, it's like the first time that I went tarpon fishing in Homosassa with a friend of mine who guides down there, um, Man, I was surprised because I think that I see fish pretty well. I was surprised at how I couldn't see them, you know, even when I was on the platform and he was on the front, mm-hmm. you know, and how I couldn't see them ahead of him. And then when you finally start seeing some after a couple of days, you know, they become obvious to you, but mm-hmm. they look different than what my eye was trained for. Yeah. Um, like I said, I pick them up in my peripheral, like just boom, just catch one, you know, just moving they do the same things over and over again how their mannerisms are when they're feeding whether they're tailing or whether they're subsurface tipping down or whether they're crawling and they do all those things in different scenarios mm-hmm. and sometimes in all the same scenario but you pick up color i mean there's just a bunch of different ways to look for them you know and it's color is the biggest thing i look for stingrays when stingrays are that kind of dark like orange you know color like that that's okay. the color of the redfish mm. so if i tell my clients i said train your eye for that stingray because eventually one of those stingrays will turn into a long one you know and it'll, <laughs> and it'll be one because they're the same color and stingrays are a great sign for redfish yeah so i mean Fun when i'm on a flat or something like that especially not so much in a creek scenario or in the marsh but if i'm on a flat open water stingrays just show the right color like and they just give away a good place for fish i mean they're in there doing the same thing yeah. pete what do you say find the rays find the reds yeah <laughs> Damn. Yeah, and it's it's not always 100%, you know, but it is a most of the time. And certain times of the year here, we get those real big rays, you know, the ones that are two feet across minimum. Yeah. I've seen up to five or six, you know, five or six fish on them at one time, all oversized, you know, being on one ray. A lot of times it's just one fish, but I'll have clients not even look for the fish anymore. Just look cast, for red just, or rays? Just, I mean, we're looking for fish, I'm saying, but whenever we see a ray, don't look for the fish on the ray. Just hit the ray. He's really he's sitting right there they blend in they're the same exact color yeah. to such just perfect that you can't see them you mm-hmm. know and sometimes they're under the ray itself um and you'll see this tail about where his stinger's at you'll see his tail on there and you'd be surprised at how big the fish will be that'll be under a ray um how i've seen i've seen one or two big trout on them kind of weird I, that's not something i would say that happens often, often but you look yeah. at enough rays you'll see some you know so so i i think what i was really getting at is in that moment right what were you seeing and like how did you fish those two fish because you did lose one or yeah i you did let lose. one go i did I, yeah i kind of i wanted to let that one go yeah, <laughs> yeah that what, one that, that one I there know, i actually did was you get the leader no, I didn't even get a chance to touch it. Oh, uh, I was. I thought you. I thought you grabbed the leader. No, no, no. Literally, no, like I went to go grab it and he was gone. I'm like, yeah, he just popped off. Yeah, I'm just and that, that was a good one to lose. Yeah, yeah, he was a rat. <laughs> no, um, so like that one right there. Um, I put 
I mean, and Pete saw it. I put like three shots over and over again that far in the money, you know, mm-hmm. right in front of them. I mean, moved the fish with the fly. Like mm-hmm. he just darted around it. And like we were saying earlier in the day about getting that reaction, just like, you know, the fish already seen it. He knows we're there or whatever. But nature takes over sometimes, you know, when they're feeding and that fly just bounces in front of his face and he, boom, he can't take it, you know. So I literally was just picking up, yeah. make another cast, and it came in front of his face. As I was picking up, that's why it looked like I was trout setting. But I was picking up to lay another shot down <laughs> like you did on the other one that we casted at 15 times. Yeah. And the other two in there, um, man, you look at them on the bottom crawling. Like, I see silhouettes, you know, yeah. crawling on the that's bottom. What I, started I can't see I can't see them as good as I could, the one that was lit up bright. But you look for silhouettes because they do different things. You know, you have to be not just in tune for them tailing, not just in tune for them on the yeah. bank. You know, got to be in tune for everything, you know, mm. looking everywhere. I that was that was definitely for me, like when we started later in the day, work, like that was a different environment than I'm used to seeing them. Yeah. Like early on, like, all right, I, I know how to spot one in this environment. We moved into to that those back marshy areas. And that's, you know, you said you saw this, you, you were watching for silhouettes. That's what I started looking for too, was just, you know, all right, that looks like an oyster. All right, that oyster's moving. Well, we were kind of at that time of the yeah. afternoon too, that it was kind of yeah. getting that weird light. Mm-hmm. It's just hard light except for one angle. Yeah. So it's almost better. Yeah, you can tilt your head all day, I guess. But um, <laughs> it, all, yeah, it's just almost better to, at that time of afternoon, to be in conditions that are either slick where you can see service movement yeah. or, you know, be where you have absolute total cloud cover. That way you have total backdrop, yep. you know, but yep. that afternoon light's different. It's just hard to fish sometimes. Um, way easier to fish blind fishing with spin. Mm. Oh, hard for light, sure. You know, because yeah. we know where they're going to be. You yeah. know, you throw a topwater plug into a cove that's only wide, you know, is the boat. If one's in there, he's going to eat gonna it. He's going to find you it. You know, he's yeah. going to eat it. But mm. that's second best to seeing them no, to and, me. No, and then so we, we had that first one, which, yeah, you we almost landed. And then... As soon as I felt like, as soon as he spooked, we just started seeing him everywhere. Yeah, that one little cove was full of them. Just full of. And that's them. like I was telling you guys. I mean, you can go for a long way and not see him, and then when you finally, you know, you're having to kind of learn as you go yeah. each day. You know, you're learning what they're doing that day. You figure out what the trend is. You know, that's just what the words I put on it. You know, whatever they're trending doing that day. Yeah. Like sometimes they're on rock, sometimes they're on mud, sometimes they're on oyster. When you figure out what they're doing and it's not coincidence anymore. Then I got all kind of other things spinning in my head where I know the areas are that have solely this, you know, or have mm-hmm. more of this than the other. Yeah. And that's the stuff right there that puts consistency to a different level, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. Being able to, you yeah, know, exactly. Because if you go fish the same area all the time, that area will, I promise you, it'll go to shit before sooner or later. Not mm-hmm. because of you overfishing it, but because the fish leave. They're they're yeah. not always doing the same things, you know? Um, seasons change. Yep. Every front changes them. You get huge tides in the middle of the night that suck all the water out, and then they go offshore, and then they come up at a different spot. Bunch of them hole up. The big ones don't hole up. That's uh, that's not true. So, yeah. Because if so, the airboats will be catching more than twenty four <laughs> inches. So. No. So you you were able to uh, find a second one. Yeah, I was able to get a second one. Um, yeah. And talk about it. Like my favorite shot, you know, eleven o'clock, fifteen <laughs> feet. You know, that's what I like. Drop it. I like it close. I like to drop it and tick, tick, get tight. You know. Yeah. Uh, it was a good one. A lot better. Like I said before, it's you know the time of year where they don't look as big in the water till you get to yeah. fighting them. Like 
they grow in the summertime it's the exact opposite fish look pretty big yeah i think it's a water thing like a, a temperature i think that the water is a lot thinner mm-hmm. during the cold so they just like look different through the water and then during the summer it's thicker so they look bigger but they're smaller yeah if that makes any sense like no that ju- makes sense just like a thicker glass on a magnifying glass yeah, yeah. Hmm. it's not a coincidence after you look at a bunch of them yeah another thing that people don't always pick up is i'll say that i heard one it's not that i i heard one blow up i heard one spook like you'll feel them boom 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 yeah yeah you under hear the, the boat, drum under the boat and like i can feel it in my platform you know and i'll tell somebody so one just spooked and you'd be looking around and then all of a sudden there's the mud and they're like yeah. how the hell did you hear that and i'm like <laughs> i didn't hear it i felt it i'm like, I'm like well i mean I, I did hear it and feel it but you can hear it boom 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 boom, boom. and that's the same thing as like a deer blowing yeah you know it's letting everything else know in there and that's definitely that is definitely a hundred percent time on the water to start picking that up because that's something when I first started getting after it hard like I'd fish with guys and and they do the same thing they'd be like oh one just blew out I heard him drumming and eventually like you just get to a point where it's like you know you'll be coming across the flat and you're doom 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 you know like you just start looking yep and even um even like when a big snook spooks. You feel it. it. I don't think they drum, but it's just such a, a surge of energy. Yeah. When a fish over 35 water. inches just boom, you know, they just leave out. And it kind of gives the same feeling, feeling throughout yeah. the boat, you know. But the whole drumming thing, I mean, you catch a big red fish over 35 inches, they'll drum oh, yeah. in the boat, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, the small ones, not so much. I don't notice it, not so much. Yeah. No, it's definitely, it's, yeah, like I said, time on the water. It's, it, I think it's one of those cool things, especially like as you do it, as you, as you spend the time, you get more in tune with that environment where you start picking up on the little tiny details of, you know, drum and fish or, you know, they're here today. This is yep. where else I need to go. And and that's one of the things that I, I especially, you know, as much as I, I love traveling and as much as I would want to keep traveling, I love fishing my home waters because you get so tuned into an area that it's like, all right, they're here today. These are the other spots that are the exact same. We can go fish them here, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's fun getting good at it. It's so fun. It's fun when it all comes together. Definitely, and it's fun knowing that other people aren't catching them, and you are. <laughs> it's, also, True. it's also fun for that too. Like a lot of times, the the summer fishing here is pretty tough. Yeah, it can be. Just hot, hot I got water. Some, I got some stuffs up my sleeve. You know that places we go where the water's cooler mm. for reasons that I'll keep to myself. But um. Anyway, stuff like that is stuff I've learned. It's not stuff that you just go find. Not stuff you find on satellite. It's not stuff like that. I mean, that's polling, 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 polling. No, it's out. So Alex actually came out to visit uh, to visit me for the first time last April, and we took him out. And it was you know we'd had a hard freeze that winter, and cold front, cold front, cold front. So me and in a little bit of an inexperience, like we fished the area like I would in the summer. Mm-hmm. And how many fish did we see? We probably saw at least like a dozen fish. Yeah, but which is <clears> slow. It was slow yeah. in Texas, at least from what I've found. A good day, you'll see a hundred to two hundred fish. Yeah, and, and that was <laughs> and you'll and, catch ten. And in the experience now, like I've told Alex, like if, if you came back in April, we would never, we would never go to any of those spots because yeah. I already know, like that's yeah. that's not where they're going to be. And yet, you know what's funny, Trey? We went to one of those spots. That was in 
September. That was in September. But yeah. Guess what? There was no fish there. I definitely have spots. <laughs> I definitely have spots that cross seasons together. Yeah. But you fish those spots differently. Mm. Total. You fish them on different yeah. tides in the summer, and then you fish them on different tides in the winter. Um, once again, sometimes the seasons make the water dark, so that changes the variable once again. You know, um, so much shoreline to go down, and um, so much of it has fish, so much of it doesn't. You know, it's like. It's not just as easy as dropping a boat in and getting on the bank and going pulling. Yeah. You know, it's just not that easy. And uh, the spots where they're at, you've got to grind to get to them. Well, that's fly fishing in general, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. It is the grind. You, what you are doing is handicapping yourself to the farthest capability. Yeah, dude, yeah. It, it is. Um, I mean, what else could you do besides try to, like, cast at them with no rod? You know, like like like, like how Flip does, you know, with his hand. Like, I mean, that'd be the ultimate. I mean... To catch one like that that would be sweet i mean yeah, i've I seen that i yeah I've, I've i saw the one video that like plays on repeat on instagram yeah, yeah, of doing course. It. yeah um anyway and in that video the line touches the grass in the back so that shit wouldn't hold up on the water anyway yeah. <laughs> hey, you should try that you should try that sometime i have never tried it. i've wanted to try it that'd but, be cool you know, yeah start hand throwing fly i don't lines. know that, dude i don't know that i'm good enough to do anything like that never try anything like that um <laughs> man honestly my whole fly cast and everything i fished with some good casters that refined me down in light being part and some people got it some people don't mm. i think that there's three kinds of people out there with fly fishing some that got it some that don't and then there's some who can be taught and some who can't yeah. you know there's absolutely some who just do not have any business with it in their hand you, you know what's funny so my father he can't double haul and it drives him crazy so now, he's limited to trout fishing 30 feet <laughs> yeah know? he's limited to 30 feet that's about yeah. it and so i mean i told pete this on one of my last po podcasts with him was i got taught how to double haul while i was on a trip down to belize and i picked it up immediately and I've seen others yep. not be able to pick it no. up. And it's like, but it's this easy, you know? And You're just moving no. your hands to the motion of the ocean, all this other stuff. I've, but, I've like came up with little things um, to try to get people to do it. How I learned, honestly, no, nah, it was kind of a slow process, but wasn't all that slow. Um, Orvis videos on YouTube. Yep. Yeah. It's yep. how I self-taught myself. And I would set up my tailgate, my phone, I'd record myself yep. casting. And then I would, and then, you know, and everybody who can cast legit right now, uh, double haul cast, when you feel it the first two or three times when everything loads up and it's like it's like riding a bike. It, you you can refine it and get better and better, but you can ride that bike from then on. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, Fly fishing is all about clicks. feeling. Yeah, so once you feel feeling. it and, and, and you get that timing right, that's when it becomes the beauty of it. Mm. You know, like, and it feels like it just turned for me in a week's time where I was just had a different confidence about it. Now all the rest of the shit that goes with it mm. is the hard part. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> yeah. the, you know, coming from conventional fishing with spin or bait caster where you have to lift the rod to set the hook on every fish that's a whole big learning curve for anybody coming into fly fishing mm. um in salt water i get that you do the trout set thing anywhere but i'm not even gonna say nine times out of ten. i'm gonna say 10 times out of 10 on anything less than a nine weight you trout set these fish you will not hook them facts i mean i say with a 10 weight or up if that's what you're doing if you get tight you know that's a big bone rod you're gonna stick some meat in something you know what i mean but Damn. i just watch it too many times um i don't know under i mean i don't totally wrap my head around why it doesn't i guess a fly rod's not made to no to set like that it is you know? not um, i've seen high sticking oh, of fly rods the fly rod guy yeah how does it not work 
Uh, it is a fragile tube made out of yeah, fiberglass. Yeah. I mean, have you looked at the thing? <laughs> it's, but it's also pretty crazy how quick you can beat a big fish on a fly rod. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's... I don't understand all the technicalities of it. And once again, that's my inexperience with the whole fly rod. But yeah. I do love it, and I do love to get tight with them. And it's it's a great thing understanding it, and it all coming together. I like um, a big stick that bends. I mean, that's yeah, that's man. the end um, of it. You're, like, here's the way I describe it to people. It's the tool that shoots the line. It's mm. not the tool that sets the hook. It's Ooh. the tool that shoots the line. Yeah. And then you so, get to play on a fun tool. So with any other kind of fishing, <laughs> it's the tool that sets the hook and the tool that shoots the line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so you add... But when you start taking things away, then you start adding the line on the bottom of the boat and everything else that it catches. I mean, Murphy's Law, once again, dude. I mean, if it can go wrong, it will. You can't cast it into wind good if you're not good. You know, it's just you're battling, battling. Your forward shot at 11 o'clock, that'd be your shot. It turns from 50 feet to all of a sudden you can't cast to 25 feet mm-hmm. if you're looking into a breeze, you know. So then I got to get you closer. You know, just tougher. With a spin rod, you can reach out and just touch them. You know, but as soon as you hook them, you're like, why didn't I get the fly rod? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's how I am about it every time. But no, I mean, I, when I, when I really started, like the first couple of times I took a spinning rod with me and, and, you know, finally it was just like, no, I'm, I need to dedicate myself. I need to put all my focus into it because it is, you, you know, you, you go out there, you got a fly rod in the boat and you finally catch a fish with a spinning rod and it's like, dang, that was a chance I could have had with a fly rod. <laughs> yep. I, um, if, you got to just leave it at home. I mean, yeah, yeah. If, if that's what you want to do, you got to yeah. just leave the spin rod at home. Yeah, you know? definitely. And just go at it like that. That's the only way. I tell everybody, you can practice in your yard all you want to. I used to take a kiddie pool, fill it full of water to try to recreate, you know, just wet lines way different than dry line, yeah, obviously. So you can be a badass in your yard. You know, everybody is, you know. <laughs> Until it comes time to cast it a fish, the good way to get the nerves right and get everything right is repetition, shots, shots, shots on that on the real deal. That's how you get right. You yeah. Know? yeah. Let one eat it and you trout set four or five times in a day. That burns. You go home with that burn. You don't forget about it. The next time you go, you're thinking about it the whole time. You know, and that's pretty much you know how it has to be. You have to want to fly fish. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, just don't, you just don't go catch one on fly. No. Like, no. No, I mean, I'll get guys that'll be like, you know, how do I get into fly fishing? I want to start fly fishing. And, you know, half the time, the first thing I'll tell them is, you know, once you get your rod, once you get your line, once you get your reel, once you get your setup, you got to practice. And you got to practice every single day. And normally that's about the point where they go, well, maybe this isn't for me. And it's like, yep. And it's I think not that, for like, you. you know, once you cross that cross that bridge finally in your head where you've wrapped it around you know you it's one of those things that i firmly believe that i could drop it for a year and pick it back up mm-hmm. yeah. you know um i think that you got to be living in that world still you know yeah. you can't totally separate you know just go away from fishing and come back into it i mean you're gonna have to pick it back up but watching casters and watching their movements and it's just in my head non-stop you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that's why i just feel like i can get back up there and do it the same way the funny yeah. thing is about fly casting right <clears throat> In the moment of just, oh, I'm just going to cast the rod, you'll throw lasers, you'll throw dimes, you'll put yeah. out perfect casts, <laughs> they'll lay out stunningly. Little spot on the bank, just touch it right in there. Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. You know, you're like, oh, if there was a fish there, I would have caught him. Oh, my God. As soon as you put a target, a moving target, an alive target in, on, a, in a moving boat, in a moving boat, it becomes like knee shaking. And it then, doesn't matter who you are. And then you add the wind. Um, and then you had the cloud come in front of the sun. 
right when you see him right when you're making that last cast and you look back and he's gone yeah oh, and yeah. that's the stuff that like it bothers me way worse than it bothers the guy up front like mm-hmm. and i try not to let that reflect on the whole attitude of the boat because the boat has its own attitude so that makes any sense um yeah. you know yeah yeah if it's shitty out the boat knows it's shitty out you know if that makes any sense <laughs> yeah. to you guys like um we understand you know, there's, there's there's optimism. just a there's just a different vibe you yeah. know on the boat and it takes one good shot or even even a messed up shot but seeing a good fish changes mm-hmm. you know the whole the yep. whole deal changes confidence is so much of it like it's like we we're talking about with the rods you know with the um the lineup on the bones you know putting them together yep. I mean, you can get it pretty straight looking down it but knowing you got it straight that yeah. gave you the confidence to shoot I mean, <laughs> yeah or, or or if you mess up a shot my rod was twisted oh no <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, I mean, it's every, the small things. The small things all do matter, little, though. All the little small so things much. in fly fishing add up to be the big picture. Yeah, know? yeah. No, it definitely is a hundred percent when it comes into fly fishing. The little things, the little things, the small details—they add up. They can make and break. And then, definitely, um, also like the whole attitude. It's something you know. It's definitely something that like. I've seen fishing with guides that I don't have. I'm willing to admit I don't have and that guides, really good guides like yourself have is that ability to like shake it off, keep the morale on the boat good, keep everyone positive, you know, all right, don't worry about it. We're going to find another one. Yep. And it's something that, like I said, I don't have, but you definitely got it. Trey's really good at it. Yeah, yeah. you. Um, um, so I got a client. He's kind of more family now than anything. Still a client of mine. Uh, his name's Scott, but he's been very, very influential on me. Yeah. Um, on and off the water, but he has qualified for the Bassmaster Classic when he was in his twenties um, twice. Um, I mean. He's in his 60s now. He's just a badass. You know, yeah. he's a badass on the boat. He doesn't do any fly fishing, but he's a badass with any rod that's in his hand. Um, he just has always pushed me. Like, we would have – we've had so many 20 fish days, it's stupid. You know, we've had <laughs> some most epic red fishing days together. At one point, we were fishing together close to 65 days a year. Now we're back down to around 40 because um, he's back bass fishing again. <laughs> but um, anyway um, – We've always stuck to the standpoint, he said, you just got to keep fishing, got to keep fishing. So he knew about my whole deal about the social media thing, about how we had to have, you know, something that, you know, and I, I really hate that it's that way. It's a sad world to think that it's come to that way as far as business standpoint, but yeah. it's either do it or get left behind yeah. um, in a in a way. And he knew that I needed one fish, like just one big fish every day. You know, mm. if we got 20, that's fine. If we got one going, I needed one pitcher. So he always said, just keep fishing. Just got to keep fishing, keep fishing. And I don't know how many times at the very end of the day, we would catch a 35 incher, just the one that we've been looking for for a month, you know, Yeah. just kept fishing, kept fishing. And then we go home. We've had 25 fish days by noon, you know, Holy cow. multiple times, multiple <laughs> what? times. I mean, you, you added some of the videos you saw yeah, like in that, in that clear pond when he flips that bait caster to that fish, like, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, he's, he's a bad cat. He's just taught me a lot about how to feed fish, you know, slower and try different things. Mm. He just, he's had a lot, a lot of experience, you know, um, doing what I do and doing all kinds of other fishing that are relative, mm. you know? Um, but the keep fishing part is the biggest thing I learned from Scott because 
you know, I don't know how many days other than him I've kept that mentality. Like today, for instance, you know, there's a lot of days that, you know, this afternoon, everybody would have went home. It's been over with. Like, the tide's starting to fall. The wind's blowing out of the west. But, dude, Pete's here from Texas. You're here from Tallahassee. Like, I know that if we just go a little bit longer, we got some daylight, we're going to get a shot. And then we all got one. Yeah, we all got one. Yeah. And if so, all right, so if someone wants to find you on social media, how they find you? Just look up Trey Michael. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't. How do you spell it? T-R-E-Y-M-I-K-E-L-L. Okay, there you guys yep. go. Go find him, hit yep. him up, follow him, come fishing with him. You yep. you will have to go ahead and you know ask for a request as as just a heads up because Trey likes to keep things on the DL. Yeah, I do. Um, I don't take just anybody, so um, I have to put a little screening process out. <laughs> no, no, that's smart. That's smart. You yeah, know, I you mean, want... I'm I'm already pretty good at uh, judging character as it is, so I screen. <laughs> I I kind of do my own screening process now, but. Been burned a little bit. Yeah, and you you'll have that. Yeah, sure. and that that happens unfortunately with social too these days, yeah. right? Um, oh yeah, it's one easy. Of the, to... One of the things I wanted to have you ask him, but I'm I'm gonna go take take the reins here is <clears throat> because you are private, right? On social, how do you feel about spot burning? And in terms of spot burning, how do you take a a picture of your client's fish in a zone? Do you adjust yourself to make sure that you get a shot that's- I've, I've never blurred anything out mm. thank god I've never been in a situation where I had to be one of them guys I'm not putting a stereotype on those guys by any means I'm just saying you know blessed to be able to be in a place where come find me if you want to good good <laughs> good, good damn luck you know what I mean yeah. like you're just not gonna find me um and yeah, when I'm on obvious spots that are on the open, you know, having to having to fish outside, um, you know, and these spots I keep it to the middle of the week. You know, I don't even yep. go on the weekends. Yep. I don't even like seeing people on the water watching me fish from 500 yards away. I'll just leave and go somewhere else. I don't like it. So yeah, it's it's not so much opinion about a spot. I'm on the move the whole time, but if I'm on an open flat and there's something behind me that may distinguish, you know, something, I just face towards open gulf. You know, and just show that. But when I'm in a marsh situation, good You're luck. You're going to find it. You know, or, or if I'm in straight mangroves, like, you know, the tree from me to you, good luck. You know. Yeah, what are you seeing? Just mangrove leaves and yeah, a fish? I mean, like, are, you, you can't tell you, anything. Do you, do you know how many mangroves are, you know, <laughs> well, in then, the state of Florida? Then, yeah. If, if someone was ever to find that spot, he already knows it's a you, spot. But you still have to be there in the right time, right place. And then and then there's that. And, and then, then there's, there's everything that. else, you know. <laughs> and every day is different in salt. Yep. So you don't mind or you're not concerned about, like, spot burning or anything like that? I'm not concerned so much about spot burning as much as I'm concerned about other things on an environmental standpoint, mm. like killing the fish. Mm. You know, um, that's the biggest thing to me. Um, I maybe kill five redfish a year, and it's because I ate them. <laughs> you <laughs> you know, feed yourself. Or, or we had one or two that ate a plug too deep, or whatever. You know, it's going to happen. But I just and, and maybe I'm spoiled with it. You know, and I can get one when I want to. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. But you know, you got a lot of the guys in these coastal towns around here that they're just beating the shit out of these fish. You know, um, you got them running doubles in the summer. Uh, and back when the redfish limit was two per person here for that little short stretch, man, it put a hurting on them. 
like that was right when I was starting to get going and we were catching 20 a day on top water missing 30 you know <laughs> and then it went to where you know you got these guys running doubles they're taking four or five people at a time the captain's catch rule hasn't came into play yet so they so can they, keep they, they can keep for extra. at least for at least one trip okay. you know um now i think it's none you know mm. you can't keep captain's catch anymore some species i could be wrong on that but so you got you know four or five guides that are taking doubles out every day man that's a bunch of damn redfish coming out you know and i get that it's a big pond, but it's not that big of a damn pond. Mm. You know, they only live in one area. They're seeing that in Louisiana right now. Well, look at those guys out there. They're shooting them with bows, and they're gigging them, and they're, you know, and they're running those big-ass pogey boats offshore, and they're just... Last time I went to Chandelier Islands, we were running back to Hopedale. We ran across three-mile stretch of solid bull redfish floating on their bellies dead. <sighs> three solid miles and pogey boats offshore. Like Just throwing them back in. Oh, yeah, because when they yeah. get them, they're just a bycatch. And they're back in. So that's all breeding redfish. Those breeding redfish are the same redfish that go out offshore, to, you know, here. It's all relevant when you're offshore yep. in the Gulf. It's the same ones that populate this area mm. and all that, you know. And we don't know enough about any of those fish to really say it's all speculation. Man has a really good way of getting an answer for today, you know, mm-hmm. without knowing anything. There's no such thing as we don't know, you know. Um, but I think that killing the fish in general there's a fine line there. I don't want to go against anybody's business, you know, cause there is a place for that. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think the inshore, I think there should be regulations like seasons on redfish. Yeah. yeah. Same as snook. When they're the most vulnerable, you know, and the big ones are up here, let them be or tighten the slot up. You know, one yeah. of the two, make, make the slot, yeah. make the slot tougher. You know, one of the things that, um, a buddy of mine, Captain Ty Hibbs, says about Louisiana too is that you know those speckled trout over there, they just they get massacred every single day. You got you got charter captains going out, popping corks, you know, shrimp, live bait, and just bringing back just big old stringers. And I mean, you see the same thing in Texas. Oh my goodness! And it's it's disheartening because from an inshore fishery standpoint, and from a sight fishing standpoint, a trout, redfish, snook tarpon what have you they're all phenomenal sports fish yeah and like i think there's so much more enjoyment and i'm just speaking for myself here there's so much more enjoyment being able to sight fish a fish touch it for a quick second letting her go and watch her kick off strong as hell than just taking it home i I will take a few but have you guys heard have you guys heard of the uh the mayor of tampa bay I have seen that on drum spots. Yep. Um, have you seen that, Alex? No, I haven't. So the mayor of Tampa Bay is this one particular redfish in Tampa Bay. It's a big one too, isn't it? It's a nice redfish. Yeah, he's and, like he's like pushing thirty five yeah, or something. And he's been caught, I think, about thirteen times. <laughs> and they put out drum spots. Put out a post. Really where, unique spots on them. They yeah, give them away. That, yeah. That's oh, how really? they knew. It. Yeah, they've, they've made t shirts and everything. <laughs> that's awesome. But they they put out a post about this redfish, and it's one redfish, and they broke down the economic value of this single redfish, and they said that this redfish, this single redfish, has probably brought somewhere between I think the low end was four grand. And the high end was fifty grand into that area between, you know, hotel travel, yep. restaurants, guide fees, fuel, ice, beverages. And that's one fish that just thirteen times they caught them, they let them go. 
And it's just hard to argue he's that he's still swimming. He still go, he better be. Yeah, man. He, <laughs> to he, the ma- hey, guys, to the mayor, <laughs> to the mayor, the mayor, the mayor, mayor of Tampa. Tampa love that. Well, I, I caught the mayor of Wakasasa Bay the other day. So, oh, <laughs> you 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 catch a lot of mayors, honestly. Yeah, this one was a big one. The guy that went the other day. I mean, um, we turned around. We went all the way in the back of a creek. It was probably 15 feet wide. Just come to a straight dead end. Turned around. We made a 180, and we turned around. There was a big floater. He's about three feet of water with his top fin, tail fin out of the water. Just everywhere I'd stuck my push pole, he was checking out every little mud puff, <laughs> every way. And we had already messed up, um, I don't know, four or five, probably, at least. Graham, I'm going to call that four or five, but that was probably like nine. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, laid a shot down like split his eyes almost and we did see the soul in that one <laughs> 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 he shot down and he was in a little bit of mud and we started taking the fly man he just ran it down and ate it like me to you alex like just right in front of the boat just got tight 37 incher and you know the back country that's monster it may as well be 40 in my eyes yeah uh, we didn't put the fish on um no scale but we both held enough big ones he was 25 plus pounds wow you wow know. Big. Um, you saw fish. some. Of, you saw the one you had today. I mean, that one you got today was twenty eight. Probably weighed eight and a half, nine. Dude, he was healthy. Yeah, they're he fat. Was good to go. I guess sure they ate sometime during that big blow yesterday. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. Sitting on the bottom, just sitting, waiting, on the, sitting on the bottom, chilling, waiting, waiting for something to come by the face. Yep. So, Pete, one of the questions that you asked me was, at least in our little podcast, what. Where would I want to go and fish? Oh, right, right. So, Trey, I want to go anywhere. I, in the world. I don't know. I don't know the country name. Um, I'm sure I can be corrected on this, but I want to go catch those giant golden dorado, and I want to go catch some big peacocks, or one of those big ass arapaima. One of the two, one of the three. Bolivia and Brazil are going to yeah. be the places. I don't want to go like. Uh, I want to go to the back. That's what I do. I go to the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to go like where, way I want to go where, I want to go, even if they got to lie to me and tell me nobody's ever been there. <laughs> that's what I want to go. So, um, I get that it's fishing. Everything's hard on there, but man, it's gotta be some stuff that's similar on a different scale to what I'm at. Cause yeah. I'm around fish and never seen people. Are you going to bring your own saw? No, dude. I'm gonna let the tribals. The, <laughs> you're gonna let them bring the saw. Yeah, do that. But you have seen me saw my way into some places. Yes, you you love getting really skinny and also into the backs of just places that I didn't think we could go. But you were like, yeah, we can keep going. Yeah. So tomorrow we're gonna have to get some cold feet and shove this being across some stuff. But we won't have to saw none. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because we already took care of it. <laughs> yeah, I already took care of that. Yeah, I've already sawed it out. I've already sawed the way. Although I got like two or three pawns right now that I got to go back with a chainsaw to get to the rest of it because the tree's too big. Like I was, <laughs> no. I was pushing the limits that one day. I was impressed with the little saw though. Yeah, no, that thing handled itself real well. Yeah, I was impressed. I wouldn't like try to do too much more than that, but... Yeah, they got the job done that day. You you did some clearing for nature because you need that's that, right. That's nature right. needs to let that's that right. water flow through that zone, not have trees just yeah, sitting on top of it. That's right. That's right. That was hurricane damage. Exactly. I still I still think the best thing to do is is uh, make it look natural, but put a gate in. Yeah, that's what they do in Louisiana. <laughs> really? So no one knows. <laughs> yeah, they just gate it off. Yeah, yeah. You can't get on in here. That's what, you know what, when we were over there, somebody was telling us, like, oh, you can't fish some of these creeks because they're private. No, there'll, like, be, actual, there'll be actual gates across. So um, that's one thing we don't have in Florida. We don't, you can't own the water or lease the water. 
like that. Uh, the only places that you can do that in is like St. Augustine, like yeah. the state. You can't get into the the fort. You know, you mm-hmm. can't go into that water. That's like state water, or whatever. But other than that, there's if it's navigable by boat, you can navigate it, kayak, whatever. Yeah, go in anybody's place as long as you put in somewhere. So Louisiana, different story. Be a straight up gate, a lock. Maybe a man with a shotgun. You know, you never know. Um, and they that's have, Texas. <laughs> and it's all big duck leases. So that's where yeah. the fish are. Mm, of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, every time I go out there, years past, it was always good. If we saw a duck blind, it was good. I mean, because it's slack water. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So it just kind of, you know, holds those fish. It's structure, slack water. They it's can just, feed around it. It just makes a pond where the, where the grass can grow. Okay, interesting. You know, and that's what the ducks are feeding on primarily a lot too is that floating green grass. And I'm not sure of all the terms. I'm not a big duck hunting guy. So, but I do know that here they do the same thing in, in my freshwater stuff that I fish. Cool. Um, the bright green stuff, I blow hundreds of ducks up. You know, I don't want to tell these duck guys that, but <laughs> they're back there. So, so. All right, I think uh, you know we we're going on about an hour. We're gonna wrap it up. Trey, thank you so much for having us. Thank you guys. Thanks for dinner. Looking forward to tomorrow. The way the weather's shaping out, I think we're gonna have one heck of a day on the water. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Me too. Yeah. And uh, one more time, tell people where to find you. Um, pretty much Instagram. That's all I operate on. Just look up Trey Michael. T-R-E-Y-M-I-K-E-L-L. There you go. Look him up. And if you're not already following Alex, then I don't even want to talk to you anymore. Yeah. So, and uh, one last thing. If you haven't already, hit like, hit subscribe. If you're listening to this on Apple, Spotify, one of those, leave a review. It really helps me out so we can keep doing these podcasts, rough logs, everything that you guys are enjoying. Really appreciate all of the support. Once One more time, Trey, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Alex. You ain't lying about coming here, man. I'm pumped. Let's I'm get excited. on the water tomorrow. Yeah, I'm, glad, I'm glad you made it down. <laughs> no, I am too. <laughs> or over, I should say. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you got to come to Texas. I'm going to get out there, man. I got a lot of places I need to be, but 